Yeah, Gary said, so one o'clock today, uh, after the potluck, we are going to be doing a service for uh, Jordan Giles, and if um, you haven't been here in the last couple months, uh, you know, uh, Gary and Carol lost their son Jordan in a car accident in December, and so we're going to be um, spending some time uh, remembering his life, and uh, we do want to show a video clip of uh, Jordan just in preparation for that. I think it's about five or six minutes long, but he was here last May. I know many of us, uh, I mean, I think I've only met him briefly twice, but he was actually here and gave a testimony um, of how um, this, this church actually impacted him, and so we were going to show that at this time. Today. Great. Awesome. Man, you're a good looking bunch of people. Pat, pat your mom on your back if you're if she's here and uh and she birthed you. There you go. Good job, mothers. Um Yeah, so my name's Jordan. I'm the son of uh, Gary and Carol Giles. Can I just maybe hold this thing? Um the son of Gary and Carol Giles and uh I've been here for you. thank you. Thank you. Uh, they did not birth me, but they did raise me, so Thank you very much. I love you guys. Um, so, um, cool story is I've been able to actually brag on your church quite a bit um, over the last few months. Um, this church has had quite a big impact in my life, even though I've only been here a handful of times. And um, I get the opportunity to share that with you. So thank you, Jesse, for giving me the opportunity. Um, so basically what happened was um, I was going to a church in Edmonton. Um, it's called City Life Church. And I was serving there and then um, ended up moving to Calgary for an opportunity to serve um, under a mentor of mine, someone that I listened to all this speaking and teaching and just thought um, that this would be the best opportunity to come and be a youth pastor for him. It didn't work out. And long story short, I ended up kind of falling out of church and um, not really serving God with everything that was in me. And then in that time, I determined in my own strength and in my own heart that I was just going to try and make the most of my, my strengths and my abilities in the world. So just working and um, I ended up working for a construction company. I was making good money, um, making pretty decent money. And uh, I was just, what just wasn't fulfilled and did that for about seven years. And um, in that time developed um, uh, a need to, to basically, um, my worth came from what I did or how much I made or um, all of that stuff. And along with that came fear. And so a fear of losing the little bit, the little that I had, um, fear of not really knowing where my future was headed, um, not loving what I did, but being, trying to just stay committed to it anyways, um, but had no passion in it and had no reason to do it. And so became very depressed um, and it was a very hard season for me. And in that season, um, it felt, felt like a miracle to me, but uh, I was able to get a bit of time off to come and see my parents. and. Uh, my dad, just the way he is, he's pushed me to do everything my whole life. I picked up a bass guitar. He's like, you're going to play in church. Okay. I'm playing in church. I come here. He's like, he's like, you're going to get prayed for. And I was like, okay, it looks like I'm going to get prayed for. And, um, and so I did. And there was two times in particular. I've been to, uh, two times that I remember. I've got a horrible memory, but I remember these two, two, two times. One time there was um, someone that was a member here and she had um, gone to Bible college, I, I believe. I actually don't even know her name, but... Um, if you know her name, you can shout it out. But uh, she prayed for, she came and spoke, um, and then she came and prayed for people after. And so my dad pushed me to go get prayed for. I've been to Bible college. I went to Hillsong Bible College, and I was there for five years, part of the furniture. And so I understand church. I do know church. 
Um, and so I was like, oh, what's this Bible college student going to be able to pray for me? Like, I, like I just, I'm good. I prayed for myself. That's what I told my dad. I prayed for myself. And then he said, no, 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 go get prayed for. Okay, okay. And then got prayed for it. And she said, you know, God's love for you is, um, is not like he loves me. He loves me not like the little daisy. He said, she said to me, God's love for you is all he loves you. He loves you so much. And she had a picture of, um, I'm a very emotional person, I apologize. He had a picture, she had a picture of me swinging and just God being so happy with, um, with who I was. And uh, it really impacted me just to know the heart and the love of God for me. And that really started sparking some change. And so I went back to my normal life in Edmonton. Not a lot of things changed, but my heart had changed. My hope had changed. And then I came back here again, and um, same thing. Dad was like, yeah, go get prayed for. Like, okay, go get prayed for. And, uh, and, um, and then, uh, sorry, I've, for I've forgotten your name again here. Deanne? Yeah. Yeah, Deanne. She prayed for me. And there was another lady that prayed for me as well there in the back. Yeah. And what's your name again? Diana, bless you guys. Thank you so much for praying for me. And um, I believe there were some younger, some younger girls there giving me some words as well. Yeah, you two girls there. So thank you so much. And um, I remember one thing. I can't remember who said it, but it stuck so clear to me. And it's like, God, we pray that you would uh, forgive Jordan for believing what the enemy says about him over what you say about him. And that was just like, just like a ton of bricks. It was just like. Um, so clearly that I didn't have to strive. I did not have to struggle to be accepted by God in that all those times where it was like, will I be able to um, have a hope in the future still? Am I still qualified even though I've made all these mistakes? And, um, and you are. I am. I am qualified and you are qualified. And if I could just share like, that all started for me just praying one day in my car, or in my truck coming home from work, being like, just crying and just saying, God, don't give up on me. And then there's these little consecutive things that happen. And then if I can share with you what I'm doing now. So I basically packed up a U-Haul, put all my stuff in it. I quit my job in about a month and, uh, and then re resumed um, my life back in Edmonton. So after being away for seven years, God still had a place for me there. Now, I don't love Edmonton. It's not the most beautiful place in the world, but God did such a work in my heart and showed me that this is a place that I need to be, that there's an anointing on my life to be in this place that I did not have in Calgary because God did not send me there. And so I love the church. I love the local church. I'm serving in a church of about, we have two locations. One's about 800 people, and the other one is we're kind of growing to about 200 point mark. We meet in the West Edmonton Mall every Sunday, and so this is the first Sunday that I haven't been there. And um, and God's doing just like an amazing thing. We baptized in the last three months probably about 20, probably 22 people, and so it's just God's doing some awesome things, and a lot of that started here. So I just want to thank you guys so much for the work that you're doing here. I know it's not easy always, but this church matters. You being here matters, and your input matters, and God wants to do something in and through your life, and he wants to reach people through you. He's got a potential, and he's got a power that he's put inside of you that he wants to unlock inside you. But if I can stress one thing, is it doesn't happen without being connected to a local church. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Gary and Carol, for raising such a, a beautiful young man. Um, be looking forward to seeing him once again. Yeah. Father, we thank you for uh, Jordan. God, we thank you uh, for how uh, <laughs> you've used him to touch so many people. And uh, thank you, God, for how you use this church even to touch his life. And God, we uh, yeah, just pray for the service this afternoon. That your hand of uh, blessing uh, would be upon it, that you would be speaking through it. And God, we take this moment to open our hearts once again to you. As we uh, continue in John 15, we invite your Holy Spirit uh, to do your work in our hearts. Amen. Amen. We are continuing in our series called uh, Walking with Jesus, and uh, we are in uh, John 15. Can you click on the screen there, Julie? I think it froze or something. In uh, John chapter 15, and we are going to be talking uh, about, uh, what are we talking about today? I don't remember the title, but it's something good. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I know the subject, but we are talking about getting our life from, uh, getting our life from Jesus, and so uh, living out of uh, the deep love he has, he has for us. And I want to read our text. Is it working, Julie, or? Oh, there we go. Establishing love, that's what the title is. All right, here's our text. It is a beautiful, beautiful text. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And we're going to start right at the first line. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, just imagine the love that is flowing between the Father and the Son. Because this is how he begins. As the Father has loved me. It's what Jesus says. As the Father has loved me. Just imagine that, the, the beauty of that love that is flowing between the Father and the Son and, of course, the Holy Spirit. It is a love that is perfect, it is a love that is, that is beautiful, uh, there's no fault, there's no darkness, there's no lack of vulnerability, it is the most perfect love that you could ever imagine. And it's a love that's been there for all eternity. And you can imagine that a love that has been there for all eternity and is so deep and strong, what a, what a beautiful love that would be. That would be. I know for, for Marie and I, uh, we... Uh, I've actually um, started dating 28 years ago and married 24 now. Uh, high school sweethearts, but when we first got together, I mean, there was, there was amazing love <laughs> between us. You can imagine two high school sweethearts, you know, and uh, always causing trouble in the hallways and stuff. Um, but we were in love with each other, <laughs> madly in love. But, but we have now had 28 years to develop that love. 
and to allow that love to mature and to deepen and to, you know, figure out each other in more deeper ways. And, and that love is, is even more beautiful now and even more deep now after 28 years. And I know for some of you who have been married and connected even longer, you realize that, that when you're, that love can just keep getting deeper and deeper and more and more and more and more beautiful. And that's the way love should be. Uh, but but Marie and I have only been together for, for 28 years. But you can imagine the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, for all eternity. The amazing love that is flowing between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and as C.S. Lewis talks about, this is why the idea of God being love and God being a triune God is so absolutely important. Because if God were just a single being, if he were, I mean, a single person... Uh, God couldn't really fully be love because love always has to be given away. Love is always about someone else. It, love is other-centered, and this is why it is so beautiful that the, the, the God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, that if God were just an isolated being, uh, he couldn't give away love. Uh, it would almost be I mean, selfish in a way, but, but God is triune. And so there's this love that flows between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says... As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This comparison. That is, the Father loves the Son. There's this perfect love, this, this absolutely beautiful love in everywhere. It, it is the same love that Jesus has for us. It's a flow from the Father to the Son, and that flow doesn't stop in Jesus. It flows right back to us. It's this beautiful, perfect love. And if you just take a moment to, if you will, to close your eyes and just picture the love that is flowing between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This beautiful, perfect love flowing between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, we realize that Jesus is saying there's the same love that is flowing between the Father and the Son is flowing onto us. It is shining onto us. And our darkness cannot stop that love because uh, John chapter 1 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There's no darkness in us that can stop that beautiful love shining from the Father to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, and into our lives. In fact, we, we get a glimpse of this love through, there's just a compilation of some of the scripture talking about God's love for us. It says, you are my dearly loved child, God says. You are made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. It is my desire to lavish my love on you. I love you with an everlasting love. I decided in advance to adopt you into my own family. This is what I wanted to do, and it gave me great pleasure. I am showering you with my kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore. I rejoice over you with singing for you are my treasured possession. I am for you, not against you, and nothing can ever separate you from my love. Abide in my love. And so there is this, this beautiful love that is flowing from the Father into the Son. And sometimes we think this love gets less as it flows downhill. Like this love is amazing between the Father and the Son. But then when it gets to the Son and then to us, it's kind of we just get the trickle. Uh, but we can look at John 17 and we see that the love is not any less because John 17 says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, you, Father, you love us 
just as much as you love me. So the same love, again, it's the same way of saying John 15, 9, the, the same love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the Son and the, and the Father, the same love that is flowing is the exact same love that is flowing and, and falling on us. And so not one of us here in this room can say, I'm unloved. Not one of us in this room can say that, I, that God doesn't love me. Or because of my darkness, God loves me less. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of darkness you, you are in. It's the same love. The same love the Father has for Jesus is the same love he has for you. And the same love the Father has for the Son is flowing uh, into our lives. It's an incredible, incredible statement that Jesus says. And, and everything in us, because of our shame and our guilt, is like we try to stick up an umbrella to, to block this love that is falling to, on us. And we've got to make sure we're all constantly pulling down that umbrella. Umbrella of shame, the umbrella of guilt, and the umbrella of the, the whispers of the enemy or the words that we, we create our own selves that somehow say that God doesn't love us as much as someone else or that, that God's not showering me with his grace and love. I mean, you can either believe the statement or believe what the enemy is saying or believing what you are saying. And someone's right. And it's not Satan and the enemy, and it's not us, it's God. And so this is where we work at taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. That if we get the whisper from our own shame or the whisper from the enemy that says that we are not being loved by God or we are loved being, being loved less, then we, we know that, that that is not true. And we listen to what uh, Jesus is saying about us. I love how the Passion Translation puts Ephesians 3. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. And, and again, this love is flowing from the Father down to us. And, and it's just a matter of opening our minds and our realities to the, what this, the, the reality of, of God's love flowing into our being. In John 14, we can picture it this way as well. Jesus says, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Like, the, the closeness that, that we are experiencing, the, 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 the triune God. And, if, and I brought a few stools to illustrate this with the Trinity. We've got the Father, and we've got the Son, and nonetheless, the Holy Spirit. But this text here actually talks about uh, being so intimately involved in the triune God. I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. It's like we're being invited in the very midst of, of this triune God to, to experience the love that is flowing between the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, I just stop, and I just appreciate that I can even just experience the love that is flowing in the triune God. This beautiful, perfect love. And, and when I get stressed out and worried, I get to just stop and I just picture being in the midst of the Trinity, experiencing love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because this is the reality is this is where we are. Uh, we are seated at, at the right hand uh, of God because we are in Christ and seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And, and then we look at a text like this where it says, I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. And we can illustrate it th this way because this text is a bit, maybe not complicated. But so here's the Father. And then Jesus says that, 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 that I am in the Father 
And then Jesus says that, that we are in Jesus, and then it says that Jesus is in us. I mean, we're all just kind of tangled up in the Trinity, and, 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 and there's this perfect love flowing between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we're, we're immersed in this. We're, we're, he has invited us in to participate in this amazing love that is flowing between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is the reality. Uh, this is what we're to be living out of, uh, this reality of being in the Trinity. In fact, Second Peter actually says this, that, that we become partakers of the divine nature. Again, this idea that we're kind of absorbed, he invites us in to participate in this beautiful relationship that is, that is in the triune God. And then, then we even get these verses that almost sound heretical, uh, like in John 17, where Jesus says, I have given them the glory you gave me. The glory the Father gave the Son, that Jesus, he just kind of passes it on. It's like, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And as the glory flows here, like the glory falls on us because we're partaking in this, this beautiful trinity, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and, and we're here. Uh, you are so loved. And if you ever begin to feel you're not loved, just take a moment to, again, just picture yourself in, the, in this, this love is just flowing on you. And, and you get to experience this and you get to participate in this. And, and again, it doesn't matter what darkness is in because the darkness, the light shines in the darkness. And, and that love, just it, if you let it wash you, it just pushes that out of, of your life. So as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And then he says this, now remain in my love. And this word remain can mean remain or abide or reside or to stay. A Greek word meno is used actually in Acts chapter 9 where it says Peter stayed or he remained or he abided. He stayed in Joppa. Just like Peter stayed in Joppa, Jesus says, I want you to stay in me, in my love. I want you to make your home here. I want you to reside here. I want you to, to live in, in, in this, to remain here, to never step out, to never step away in your thinking, but to actually remain in my love. Uh, John 14, 23, Jesus speaking of the Father and himself, he says, we, we will come and make our home with each of us. That they actually make, they come and make our, their home with us. And so this actually becomes our home as, 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 as believers. That, that our home is with, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, remain here. Remain in my love. Remain, just let this saturate your being. Let this saturate your thinking. Let this saturate your actions. Let this saturate every particle in your being. Stay in my love. And, and, and we know that, this is actually important because he keeps, he keeps saying this over and over again to us. Uh, ten times in ten verses. <laughs> remain, 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 remain. Or stay, 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 stay. Make your home reside. Don't move. Stay here. So what he's saying is over and over and over again that this would, this would saturate who we are as people, that we would remain in his love and understand his love and not lessen his love. Now, how do we remain in his love? Well, Jesus actually tells us here. So he says, as the Father has loved me, 
so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Well, how do we remain in his love? If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. And so Jesus says the way I remain in the Father is I keep His commands. And the way we remain in this love is by keeping Jesus' commands. Now, initially, this can kind of feel like, like some sort of obligation. <laughs> or, you know, you know well, we've got to follow all these do's and don'ts to remain here. I mean, what, what's the deal with this? What's what these commands? Well, first of all, um, we don't have to guess what command He's talking about. If you just keep reading the text. So if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. There's so much in that little sentence, we're going to save that for another message. But then he says this, my command. So he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And in case you missed that, a couple of verses later, he just says it again in case you miss it, in case you think it's something else. This is my command, love each other. And in case you missed that, you just go back to John 13. I am giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. I mean, the whole context of John 13, 14, 15, and 16 is this idea that fruit and the command of Jesus is that we would love people as he has loved us. And so Jesus says, remain in my love, abide in my love. And the way you do this is, is to love others the way I have loved you. Now, if you understand the flow of this passage, we realize that we don't do this in our own strength. Because you remember this whole passage is, is talking about uh, the, vine, uh, the vine and the branches, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. That, that we remain by loving, but we love by remaining. Because it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the love of Jesus, is what he says. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Again, it's the flow. As the Father has loved the Son, so the Son loves us. We love as Jesus has loved us. So it's a love that flows from the triune God into our being, and then we just take that and we kind of pass it on. <laughs> it's the flow, the flow from the Father to the Son to us, and then we pass it on. We love, we love other people. There is a connection between loving God and this idea of remaining or abiding in God, not only in John chapter 15, but we see it in 1 John in 1 John chapter 2.10, he says, whoever loves his brother and sister abides, the same Greek word amino, uh, amino uh, uh, abides in the light. Whoever love abides in the light. Or 1 John 4.16, God is love and whoever abides or remains or stays, this is the same Greek word, God is love. And whoever remains or abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. So God is love. He's flowing in love. And, and, and to remain in him means that, that we're participating in this and it should so affect our being that, that we're just like so saturated in this love and it changes our thinking in our mind that we just can't hold on to. It's like the flow from the Father to the Son to us that we just have to give it away. 
And the more we let this flow, the more we realize God's, God's love for us. That the love that flows between the Father and Son shouldn't stop with us. Uh, we, we're not a dam. We don't take this beautiful gift that God has and just hold it for ourselves. We, we hold it and enjoy it, but then we pass it on. And then we get more. We hold it and enjoy it, and we pass it on. Because this is what it means to remain here. That this is an atmosphere of, of perfect love. And if you want this to saturate your being, this is the idea of remaining, is to allow this to, to be Lord o if, over your life, if you will. If you want to remain in that, then it's got to actually affect your heart. And if it affects your heart, that means you're gonna, you are gonna actually going to, to love people. There's an illustration that is often used, the idea of the, the, the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee that might help explain this, this, this flow between the Father to the Son to us, and that we gotta, we got to keep passing on that love, as Jesus says. This is a picture I took, I was in Israel a number of years ago, of the Dead Sea. And you can see, it doesn't look like there's anything green around there, because just everything's dead in the Dead Sea. Um, I mean, it's like, the concentrated salt is upwards of 34%. I mean, there's just nothing. There's no life there. There's no green plants around the edges. There's no fish. There's, n there's just nothing living in it because it's, it's the Dead Sea. I mean, the only thing living in the Dead Sea um, are tourists. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, floating in the Dead Sea, and it's the weirdest thing. Like, literally, you can't even walk on the bottom because you just float. And I mean, it, it's a weird thing, but, I mean, it's the Dead Sea besides tourists. But then you go up north and you go to the Sea of Galilee and it's beautiful and, and, and it's green and lush and there's civilization all the way around. There's no civilization around the Dead Sea except for tourist sites. But around the Sea of Galilee, it's beautiful. There's all these villages and, and cities and towns and it's green and it's lush and, and there's fish and there's life in the ocean and, and, it's, and it's beautiful. It's fresh, it's fresh water, not salt water. It's a freshwater uh, lake. But the reason, you know, part of the reason is there's freshwater that flows in, and then there's freshwater that flows out, and then it gets to the Dead Sea, but nothing flows out of the Dead Sea. It just get, there's rivers that flow in from various places, and it just stays there. And so the salt and the minerals, it builds up, and it gets yucky, and so there's no life in there. The life in the Sea of Galilee happens because there's a flow in, and a flow out. There's no life in the Dead Sea because there's a flow in and it doesn't go anywhere. And, and this is kind of what Jesus is talking about. That there is a flow as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love and you remain in that love by loving others. That this love that flows into our hearts, we need to be people who are passing it on. Who, who don't become a dam. Who don't say, you know, well, this is great, you love me this way, but, you know, I'm not going to love others because we don't experience God's love that way. Uh, the experience of Christianity happens a lot when you take what God gives you and you pass it on. Yeah. You know, James Jordan, um, founder of Father's Heart Ministries, we did a whole school, we're doing another one. I mean, he, his whole ministry is focused on the Father's love. And, you know, sometimes people ask him, you know, how can I experience the Father's love more? And, and he always says... The way you can experience the Father's love more is to become a giver. Because God is a giver. To become a giver. You give 
God has given you love, you pass it on. God has given you forgiveness, you pass it on. God has given you mercy, you pass it on because this is the life of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in this perfect fellowship constantly passing on glory and, and love between them and that we step in and, and, and it's got to affect us in the way that we're the same. Now we want to pass it on, mercy and love and forgiveness and grace and as we pass it on, it's interesting how our mind actually gets flooded with more. Because there's a principle in the Bible that when you give, you receive and you receive more. We see that like in Luke chapter 6. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. And if you want to experience God more, you give away the love that he has given you and more comes in abundance. And then you give that away, and all of a sudden there's more because it's pressed down and shaken together and running over. I mean, sometimes I meet people who are just like, man, I just never experienced God, and you know, this Christian thing seems kind of boring. You know, I show up on Sunday, and it's kind of boring. It's like, are you a giver? Are you passing on what God has given you? Are you constantly passing on forgiveness to people throughout the week? Are you pa constantly passing on mercy? Are you overlooking people's faults? And, and, and are, you, are you loving? Are you, are you being, if you're going to make your home here, then it's got to saturate your being in such a way that it changes you, and then you begin to act like this. But in our thinking, sometimes we just want to step away from a little bit, and you know, God, I love this forgiveness and mercy. So the same love the Father has for the Son has for me, but just hold on a second. And you judge your coworker, and you don't listen to people because, you know, try to prove you're right because you're always right and everybody else is wrong. And it's like, oh, man, I had a miserable week, God, you know, and God will always love you. <laughs> Just the love pours into your heart. But, but you, you begin to lack this experience because you're not giving it away. It's like you're not making your home. It's not saturating your being. It's like you keep stepping out to, to kind of do your own thing and, and just not live in a way that you're loving others as God has loved you. I mean, to make your home here has a lot to do, because the reality is God will love you no matter what. This has a lot to do with your thinking up here. That this reality of God's love for you would actually change the way you think, and that your mind would think the way God would think, and so whoever you run into during the week, you think like God. God, how do you see this person? God, how would you love this person? What kind of mercy would you give them? God, God I, I want that flow, the same flow that goes to the sun. I want it to come to me. So the way you see that person, then I want to see that person, and I want to respond to them the way you would respond to them because I want to be a part of the circle. And if we just come, you know, well, I know, God, you would probably forgive them or you would probably love them. I know you tell us to love my enemies, but, you know, you know, you know whatever it might be. And Jesus says, remain here. Remain here. And again, we can look at this idea of the command. Jesus says, remain in my love. How do we do that? He says, obey my com command. And, and we can look at the other, this other command that's been happening. I mean, it seems like a command when he says it 10 times in, in 10 verses. You remain in his love by obeying his command of remain, 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 remain. Remain, make your home, stay, reside, because the more we are here in our thinking, and this allows us to affect our heart, it changes our being. And it changes the way we respond to people. It changes the way we think about our situation. 
It changes the way uh, we look at church. It changes, it changes our whole world, and this is what Jesus wants because he is the vine and we are the branches, and everything we have comes from him, from the Father to the Son, in, in, into, our, into our being. And it's similar to what Jesus is saying here. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let this image rule in your hearts. That as the Father has loved the Son, so the Son has loved us. I mean, is there a situation in your life right now? Maybe it's a person at work, a person at school, maybe a person in this church where you haven't remained. <laughs> your response isn't in the atmosphere of this home. Your response is kind of in the atmosphere of your own home. <laughs> Jesus says, come back to this. May your thinking about that person be the way I am thinking. Uh, maybe it's your situation today. I mean, is your thinking about your situation today the way God is thinking? Is it wrapped in the love of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Have you kind of stepped up and you're thinking about your situation in your own way? You're going to handle by controlling things or whatever. I mean, he's calling you back home that you would respond in your situation the way he is thinking. I mean, this place is safe. It is good. It's, you can be vulnerable here. We have nothing to lose here. We, we can be who we are. We are loved here. And in this place, the more you let the saturate your being, the more you realize you don't have to control everything around you the more you realize that you don't have to prove to others that you're lovable or that you're good enough because you are loved and you, and you are good to God. And, and, and I mean, make your home here. Would you stay? Would you remain? Would you abide? Would you drink? Would you eat? Would you relax? Would you let this refresh you? Let this change you? And so, Father, we pray this reality of partnering and participating in you as the triune God would shape us. The same love that flows from you, Father, to you, Son, to you, Holy Spirit, that love is pouring on us, and may that just remove any darkness in us. May that wash away any shame that we're feeling or any inadequacy. God, any desire to control or to manipulate, God, would you just wash that away in your presence? God, I pray for anyone here who's just dealing with relational difficulties. We pray that this image would saturate them right now. God, that you would, by your power and your love, God, just encourage them to respond the way you would respond. God, we pray for each person in this room who's going through a difficult situation. God, may this reality of being at home in the triune God shape their reality and their response. God, we thank you so much that you love us so deeply. In Jesus' name, amen.